It was one of the mixed blocks over on Central Avenue, the blocks that are not yet all Negro. It was one of the mixed blocks over on Central Avenue, the blocks that are not yet all Negro. And you can get uh, that this book wasn't published yesterday. Um, first published in 1940 by a man called Raymond Chandler. That's the first line of Farewell, My Lovely, which is his second book, I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, well, I'd forgotten that first line. Um, and it's... Uh, Probably why Chandler would be discouraged from being read because he's like, books are full of racism and bigotry and uh, homophobia and sexism and uh, his heroes being douchebags to pretty much everybody else other than, like, his equal, who's the enemy, who he's going after, who he normally, like, respects. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Raymond Chandler wrote a shitload of noir. He's, like, I think the sort of granddaddy of the noir genre, uh, like the hard-boiled gumshoe detective wearing trench coats and spying through windows at two in the morning and set in Hollywood and uh, Chinatown Jack, with Jack Nicholson, that movie. And then loads of Raymond Chandler's books have been made into movies with um, Dude Out of Casablanca. That fucking... Yeah. He always plays Philip Marlowe, who's one of Raymond Chandler's re uh, repeating protagonists. He wrote a shitload of books with this guy, Private Eye, called Philip Marlowe as the hero. He wrote other books with other people. He just wrote a shitload of books, um, but very much. I don't know if he wrote westerns or anything. Sometimes noir writers uh, also do like westerns or... Um, like uh, Elmore Leonard, he's written some good ones, though I've mainly read his westerns. And another guy called Dashiell Hammett, I think he wrote The Maltese Falcon, which is another one. Um, but they're really like stylish detective stories uh, set in America in the 50s. And Raymond Chandler just did it better than anybody else, I think. Because uh, he's actually, like, just a sick writer. He transcends his genre. Because I think he just wrote these, like, hard-boiled gumshoe detective stories where everyone's pretty much the same. The characters are iterations of each other. Um, and even if the detective isn't called Philip Marlowe, like, they have different characteristics, but they're the same fucking book. Just You know what you're going to get and you buy it and read it and you read it because you know what you're going to get and I read a bunch of him uh, a few years ago and I hadn't read him for ages and so I just picked up 
Farewell, my lovely. I don't even know if I'd said the title. Farewell, my lovely by Raymond Chandler. Uh, <laughs> they're ridiculous. It's like a, 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 an exercise in wasting time because he just came up with like a ridiculously intricate plot full of ridiculously intricately created characters in ridiculously intricately created settings that all fit together like a puzzle. But it's like the, like a puzzle. It's, uh, all disconnected at the start and you're just offered all these facts and events happen and they seem totally unrelated. And then by the end, it's like you follow all these different threads to a very satisfying ending. And it was funny, the satisfaction that came with the, the reveal where it's like the detective telling the, uh, somebody, an audience, what happened. So he like figures it out himself and then delivers like Agatha Christie's Poirot always does. And every like, uh, crime or detective story. There's always that like reveal scene. And it was funny how like satisfying it was. Cause it, I hadn't really spent much time guessing what was going to come, but he'd spent a lot of time figuring it out. So it was like, it was very nice to be delivered a fully fitting together puzzle created by somebody else just on a plate. So that's the one side of it. But then the other side is his fucking style. Like I just saw once upon a time in Hollywood and like, whatever you think of Tarantino, he has fucking a style. If you see a Tarantino movie, you're like, you know, it wasn't directed by Michael Bay or James Cameron or Christopher Nolan. You know, it's, you can uh, appreciate that this person has come up with a distinctive style of their own. And uh, Chandler is fucking hilarious, actually. He uses really, like, flowery language. It's full of adjectives and similes and metaphors of, like, really extended metaphors where he'll say, like, this thing looked like something else. And the something else would be this description, like half a paragraph long. That's just imaginative. So it's, it's like really um, exaggerated. It's almost satirical. Like he's like, this guy was his, he describes Moose Malloy, who's the fucking the villain in the story. The one we're presented at the start presented with at the start and and he describes him as being like he was no wider than central avenue or he was no taller than the oak tree or some shit like it's neither of those and that's like if you try to imitate chandler you just sound like you're trying to imitate chandler because he just did it did it better than anybody else and did more of it than anybody else and i think he's kind of like carved himself out a niche where it's like 
you think of noir. And even if you don't know that he wrote the books that all the, the big sleep uh, and the long goodbye are, I think more famous by him. But even if you don't know that the movies and the genre is based on him, it's like he did so much to define what the genre was. Um, but his writing like transcends that genre. Like if he'd written Westerns in his style, they would have been fucking hilarious. If he'd written um, romances, he would have done a killer job. Cause he just had this like um, mastery over the language where it seems to come across as effortless and every simile or every, like he just, every time a character walks into the room, he describes them, gives them a paragraph and describes their face or what they're wearing or, and he just adds this little like singular twist to this person and it's fucking hilarious and it gives you this it, it like sums up their character it's really good at summing up their character and it's filled with like down and outs and criminals and corrupt cops and prostitutes and crooked mayors and shit like that so that he's like it's easy to uh villain villainize these people if that is a word and i guess villains are fun to fuck with because he makes them all kind of well i guess it's like um whoever oh man my fucking names the artist that uh, ralph steadman where it's like exaggerating the bad characteristics and even the protagonist is like full of vices and failings and um and it was written in 19 did i say 50 40 and jesus it's uh to totally politically incorrect um just the terms he uses for other people are like and not not even when he's trying to be racist, but then some of his characters are genuinely racist. And then it's like, whoa, holy shit, man. But just when he's like describing people through his protagonist with no need for racism, just the words he uses are racist. And that's like, I'm sure people would read it and it would like be hurtful. Um, but I find it a interesting way to just like see the time because he's very much of the 50s he was writing about the 50s and you get a sense of um, the world at that time because these were really popular books like a lot of people bought them at the time of their release so he was like saying something about his time because people wanted to waste their time i mean this is a fucking waste of time this book because it's like and he wrote 40 of the same goddamn book and it's like here's a ridiculously intricate plot that i've spent a lot of time figuring out and and populating with interesting characters just for the sake of your entertainment and i guess so that's the point it's the entertainment and all hail entertainment i don't we shouldn't knock entertainment but uh yeah, when when I finished it, I was like, huh. Humans are weird. <laughs> A 
because I think it's easy to read a piece of literature and be like, oh, I just improved my character and like I'm I'm a better person because of it. And I don't think I'm much of a better person because I read this one. Uh, but I really enjoyed the fucking process. It was just so thoroughly enjoyable. So if you just want a down, dirty, enjoyable piece of smut. Um, not that it's like pornographic, but uh, it's vulgar and it's cheap thrills, kind of. I mean, there's a fucking pair of women's legs. There's two on the front of cover. The photo is women's legs. As if it's like two women sitting at a diner table. And it's just chopped off down of their waists. So. Um, yeah, I'll just read the back. Cynical Los Angeles private investigator Philip Marlowe always falls for a sob story. Eight years ago, Moose Malloy and cute little redhead Velma were getting married. Until Malloy was framed for armed robbery. Now he's out, and he wants Velma back. Marlowe meets Malloy one hot day in Hollywood, and out of the generosity of his jaded heart, agrees to help. Dragged from one smoky bar to another, Marlowe's search for Velma turns up plenty of gangsters with a nasty habit of shooting first and talking later. And soon what started as a search for a missing person becomes a matter of life and death, dot, dot, dot. But then also on the back is a sick quote from the book, and I'll finish with this. Uh, yeah, it's fucking, it is the best line of the book. I needed a drink. I needed a lot of life insurance. I needed a vacation. I needed a home in the country. What I had was a coat, a hat, and a gun. I put them on and went out of the room. He is fucking badass. So, yeah, Raymond Chandler, farewell, my lovely. Check it out.